Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to Reflections from the Heart. I'm Tom Fertle, your host here uh, today, and I'm joined by uh, Tom DeAngelis uh, and uh, and Tom DeAngelis. Uh, I guess it's the few and the proud today, Tom, yeah, but uh, yeah. have no fear. Where two or more are gathered, I believe the Lord is in our midst. Yep. So, uh, um, everyone, if you want to get out your Bibles, um, we'll be looking at the Gospel of Mark today. But before we begin, Tom, if you would mind uh, uh, opening us up with some prayer, sure. asking for God's inspiration for our time together. This is a prayer from our... Our stewardship of prayer book, which you can get on our on our website, uh, just request it or call our office and and request uh, as many as you need for your group or just one if that's that's what you need. It's a prayer we're probably all familiar with, but uh, it's a great prayer to open our gospel reflection with. It's uh, at the bottom of page two. It's come Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Mm -hmm. And again, our reading today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 to 10. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain, apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, whenever Jesus uh, takes a few and and goes off somewhere, you know something's going to happen. (laughs) There's going to be something something, uh, significant, you know. And uh, here it it reminded me of, you know, the the transformation. They're seeing the transfiguration. They're seeing, you know, Jesus uh, kind of in his glory. And, you know, I think... You know, all throughout Scripture, we see Jesus in in different lights. There's times that we see him in his glory as as king, as lord, as master. And then we have other images where we see Jesus as that, you know, that shepherd or that friend or that brother. Uh, And then, of course, we see him suffering. And I think, you know, all the different ways that Jesus appears in Scripture— 
it's good to remind us that he is all those things and different times in our lives and different things we're going through, I think we relate to him in a different way. There's times when I need, you know, Jesus as brother and friend, you know, mm-hmm. just chatting to kind of work through something. But there's also times that I need him as Lord and master <laughs> or I need to be on my knees uh, mm-hmm. in humility, you know, remembering uh, the gift that he's given. So I think, you know, if you, if you went through, I think someone did it one time, all the different times titles and the ways that, that Jesus is, is, uh, is talked about or represented um, are good for our spiritual life to realize that there, there is an ebb and flow. And sometimes um, we need him to be uh, consoler and shepherd, and sometimes we need him to be the admonisher and yeah. put us back, uh, get us right back in order. <clears throat> the Lord and Master. Yeah, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and two, the significance of, of, of Jesus taking uh, three of his disciples, uh, which was a which was a group of people who could witness, and then be uh, held accountable, or also be held to be uh, truthful. Because a witness of one or two, sometimes you know, there's question about it. But I think the witness of three is important. And the other thing is, you know, whenever Jesus goes up to a mountain, you know, and this is a high mountain. Uh, and any time that shows up in in the in the scriptures in the Old or New Testament, you know there's something big going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know Moses mm-hmm. gets the Ten Commandments, Elijah, you know, is has ex- experience of God. You know Moses was on the mountain when he, you know he saw God pass by. Uh, I think I think it was Elijah on the mountain where he confronted the prophets of Baal in that duel where, you know, God called down fire on a sacrifice. And so, there, you know, there's always something important going on. And I think, too, that, you know, those of us who have been to mountaintops or, you know, the tops of high peaks and see the view, the ability to kind of leave everything behind and remove yourself for a while, and but also to see things from a different perspective, a further perspective, which in some ways really is kind of like seeing the world through God's eyes. You know, we kind of look down on things and, you know, kind of our creation here. And that's always been one of the biblical definitions of wisdom is to try to see the world through God's eyes, you know, through the Mm -hmm. eyes of somebody who's the author, the authority. You know, what would he be thinking? What would, you know, this is his creation. What, you know, what is his you know, his way of doing things. What would we want to do if, you know, if we were in that position? So I think that's an important part of it. But two, you know, the perspective that they get here is that Jesus is not just another guy. He, this, this guy has the sanction of, you know, the, the voice coming out of the cloud, you know, which means they're, they're kind of thrown into confusion, that things are darkened, and then they hear a voice, you know, and, and the voice tells them, you know, this is my beloved son, listen to him you know couldn't be any clearer than that you know there's not a whole lot of question in that so uh, and then coming down from the mountain i think that's significant too because now we're coming back into the world we're we're leaving that you know that mountaintop experience behind and there's still this sense of we're not sure what happened we're just not sure what happened there you know it's kind of they can't really put it in perspective and even jesus's last words to them keep this to yourselves until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Well, they know that who the Son of Man is because he's referred to himself as that sure, you know, over sure. and over again. But they're not sure what this rising from the dead thing <laughs> is. You know, it's, and and it's funny because from the perspective of the apostles, you think, well, they've probably seen Jesus raise the young man, you know, whose mother was you know was distraught because he was her only support. Raised the daughter of of Jairus. Raised you know Lazarus probably by this point. And they're not really sure what it means. Well, it means rising from the dead, uh, but 
it applies to the Son of Man. Now, maybe that's a little, the thing that threw them because Jesus is the one that raises from the dead. How can how yeah. would he right? Yeah. Right, so, right. so there's a whole you know there's this whole flow through the story up the mountain, down the mountain, and the whole drama that takes place there, and the and the aftermath, which is still confusing in their heads. You know, I I could guess there's no doubt that you know with the Last Supper and then with you know the cross and the resurrection that there were a lot of things that the apostles then went oh that's yeah. you know there's so many things that <laughs> exactly. were alluded to yeah. or prefigured yeah. that that came out you know and and I I love I love the um, you know again you mentioned you know the voice of God speaking about His Son and um, again I think in our in our spiritual lives it's it's easy to you know the Trinitar the, the Trinity is a, is a beautiful uh, incredible th- um, uh, you know gift and I think sometimes again we we kind of get we can get caught up in um, in in one part of the Trinity so to speak you know you know you you you're all about God the Father and kind of like, well, Jesus is, don't forget, Jesus is the way to the Father. You know, the, it's the mm-hmm. personal relationship with Jesus that brings you then into the intimate relationship, you know, with the Father. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit kind of gets left, you know, on the side. So yeah. I, I love that you started, you know, with the uh, uh, prayer of the Holy Spirit today, Tom, because again, it's 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 um, it's a trinity. It's three in one. And, and there's unique... Um, elements and unique dynamics and and a unique uh, prayer life and devotion um, to each person of the Trinity that makes a, for a full spiritual life. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, it really is um, a, a package, so to speak, lack of a better word, because you can't have a meaningful relationship with one without the others. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the way it works. And so I think in our own prayer lives, you know, to to remember the Father, to remember the Son, to remember the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, in, in, in our different devotions and even in our different conversations. Because there's time, I think, again, you know, we can break Jesus down to when I need him as my shepherd, when I need him as my master. There's times when, you know, um, I, I need the Holy Spirit's influence. I need, give me the words or give me the courage in this situation. And then there's times when I need to just kind of be embraced, you know, by the Father and turn to him in that fatherly role and just kind of rest, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and times when I need to remember the the suffering of Christ. So as I'm going through difficult times or persecution, I can remember, wait, well, wait a minute, you know, he had it much more. So again, the, you know, for all of our friends listening, the, 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 trin- the Trinity gives us, again, a, a beautiful way to, to relate to God in three persons, in, in three different kinds of ways, um, which can really impact us depending on where we are, where our needs are, where our spiritual life is, where our challenges are. You know, it's a beautiful thing that, you know, God through the Trinity will meet you wherever you are, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in one of those persons. Yeah, and I think, too, that uh, there's so much depth in that doctrine of the Trinity that, you know, you can spend... You know, the more time I spend in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the more, you know, you think, well, that's the second person of the Blessed Trinity there. But the more time you spend in communion, in union with, and think about and reflect upon the sacrifice that Jesus made, the significance of the Eucharist and the fact that, you know, we have his, we have his presence uh, with us today, um, the more you, it draws you into, well, when you try to think about what the Spirit is, you can't really even put any content into that until you think about the Father and the Son, because it's the spirit of love that is embedded in, embodied in the act of creation. It's what's embedded in the fatherliness of the Father. It's what's embedded in the sacrifice of redemption. It's what's embedded in the life of Christ. So as you reflect on that, you're actually absorbing 
the spirit of love. And then when you invoke the spirit, you know, for that inspiration that you need, that insight, that answer to a difficult situation um, in your life, the answer to help counsel other people when they're asking you for advice or or information or insight, um, it it grows out of that because as that spirit of creation and that spirit of redemption and that the love that's in there, that love back and forth between the Father and the Son that's constantly and eternal, as that starts to infuse you, then it starts to come out in your in your actions, in your behavior. So, and the thing that I think is really important about the spiritual life is to begin to appreciate that we we can't have any impact for Christ and for the you know for for God on the world until we start to change inside because if it doesn't come out of us if it doesn't come out of us naturally if it's not part of our thought process when somebody asks us a question how am i how would god respond what would i do and it just has to come out of you it has to be natural otherwise it's stilted it's academic it's you know i know the answer but i don't know it doesn't flow you know it doesn't come out of me it's not natural it doesn't seem to be it doesn't have that credibility that that uh, a, a an answer that flows from the spirit. And again, that that doesn't come from, you know, so much study and practice and, you know, rehearsal. It comes from spending time in the presence of those two people, you know, the father and the son, and then absorbing their spirit, which is the third person. And then that's how that's how we get it. But we can't really even come to think about what the spirit might be or even begin to experience the spirit in our life until we really have spent time reflecting on the father, the son in that relationship, because that's what the spirit comes out of, proceeds from, as our, as our creed right, says, right. proceeds from that experience. It, it's all about getting our house in order first <laughs> before we can be right, for others. And, right. I mean, I, I like you know Peter say let's let's get let, we'll we'll make some tents. I mean, he he thought of hospitality. He thought let's let's get mm-hmm. the, the houses in order. It made me think about that and us getting our own spiritual our spiritual houses in order. And again, here we are in the in the midst of Lent, um, which yeah. is the perfect time uh, again that you know uh, our time in the desert or our time on the mountain, our time away where we should be using this time to get our own spiritual uh, houses in order. And it's not too late. If you haven't started, uh, you know, it, it definitely is not too late. But, you know, I think the thing is, like, you know, Lent should be different. It should feel different for us personally and spiritually. Uh, even our, I'd say our households, you know, should be different. If you look at our liturgical life in the church, you know, Lent is different. You know, we we don't use Alleluia officially in our worships and the Gloria right. goes away. And, and then we'll be taking the, the holy water out of the fonts and we'll be covering the, some of the statue. There's, there's visible and practical differences differences, which remind us that this is a different uh, different type of uh, period here. And so for, you know, our friends listening, again, what's different? I had, that's a question for everybody. What is different? What's different in your home? You know, what have you done differently? And I, we have a house full of, full of children, so what's different is, yeah, there's a lot less screens being used, you know, yeah. and then maybe there's some less dessert on the table, but there's little differences like that to just remind us that we are in uh, this special time. And then spiritually, what are you doing different? Again, it's a perfect time to start with adding, you know, a, a prayer or, or starting a daily prayer if you're not there yet, or you know, get, using that rosary or stationed at the cross. Again, you know, making 
making that Friday commitment. So before you make that really deep sacrifice by having to have fish and crab on Friday, you know, we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. some other time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, why not that spiritual exercise of the Stations of the Cross, reminding us about this about this journey. Um, and then again, you can't talk about getting our spiritual houses in order without just talking about confession. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, there's, if there's one way to, to jumpstart or to really get moving on your spiritual life is uh, is confession. You know, when have when's the last time uh, that you've been to confession? So many people have adapted, you know, regular use of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, beautiful thing. And others still kind of, well, did that go away after Vatican II? You know, <laughs> no, uh, as yeah. a matter of fact, uh, it's one of the most beautiful gifts we have in our sacramental life. And so, again, encourage people if you're listening and and it hasn't been, you know, a, a part of your uh, part of your spiritual life. It, it needs to be from a strict uh, spiritual and theological uh, aspect. It needs to be, but from that personal side, the, the gift of rec- reconciliation and the, uh, the the feeling that comes about from from those words of absolution and knowing that your house is in order. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's only for a day <laughs> or, yeah, or an hour, yeah. uh, but that your house is in order and that things are right. Um, that becomes the launching point then for for going further in your faith and further in your relationship. So, by all means, during this time of Lent, um, the confessional uh, is your friend. It is a place uh, f- uh, for healing. It is a place for getting things back in order with your spiritual life. So by all means, uh, it should be something all people of faith um, uh, embrace during this time of Lent. I, I'm in the process of, of reading a book uh, called uh, Confession, which is uh, was written by uh, a German author back in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, her name is uh, Adrienne von Speer. And it was translated from the German. She was a she was a student of Hans Urs von Balthasar, mm-hmm. who's a fairly well known. He sure. was somebody that Pope John Paul used to read and learn from, and I guess conversed with. But the interesting thing is, she ties our sacrament back to the Trinity, which I had never seen before. And she goes through a very elaborate explanation at the front end of how confession. This is really standing open before God, you know, opening ourselves completely up before God. And and she roots that back in the relationship between the Father and the Son, in that Jesus stands before the Father completely open, completely surrendered and given up, and the Father opens himself completely to the Son, and the fruitfulness, the productivity of that relationship the abundance of it overflows in the spirit and so that whole that openness that total um and it gave me a different perspective on confession because and i've had a chance to talk to uh some priests about this too it's not just a matter of going when you've done something wrong it's a matter of going to help open yourself up even more so it's possible to go to confession and say, Father, nothing serious this week or this the last two weeks or this last month. Um, I, want, I want to come and ask God to help me become more open, to help me become more open to other people, to the difficulties in other people's lives, to become a little less self-centered, to focus on those things, those imperfections in my life. Maybe I don't have a lot of... I don't have any mortal sins. Maybe I don't have even a lot of venial sins because I've been working hard, you know, but I'm not where I need to be yet. And what is it that I need to do more? And it gives you a completely different perspective on confession because now it becomes part of our, you know, that part that we were supposed to say, which is that firm purpose of amendment. How can I get better 
you know, well, when you're when you're in mortal sin, it's easy, you know, right, you right, stop right. doing that, you know. But what do I do now that I've been living a life and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty close to God. I examine my conscience honestly, and there's not a whole lot there that I can that I can say, no, I didn't. You know, I commit adultery this afternoon. I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, yell at anybody. I didn't murder anybody. I didn't. I didn't even really get angry or upset. You know, it's been pretty. But I'm not where I need to be yet. You know, what is it that it's missing? Why am I not completely Christ-like? You know, you know I think I, that's really been helpful for me in thinking about going more frequently because it's always before. And I, this is the evil one, of course. You know, it's like, well, I didn't really do anything wrong. Do I need to go to confess? I'll put it off another week or two or three. And then next thing you know, you know, it's like I put it off until I have something to actually say. Well, that's just like waiting for sin to happen. Right, right. right. Like I'm just waiting for, I'm, I do something wrong. So I have some reason to go to confession. Right. You as might have avoided to, that if you were yeah, going along exactly, the way. Right, and right. gotten even better. But sure. you know, I just kind of, I'll yep. just kick back, you know. You know, I, I was struck that the, the beauty of our faith, especially now, is that there there are so many good resources out there. There are so many great books and booklets uh, and videos and podcasts. And no matter where you are in your faith, you can pick up things that will help, uh, you know, enlighten you and help en enrich your faith. And, I, you know, if, if you're one of our uh, parishes with our parish resource program, you know, in the mm -hmm. back of your church, you've got a whole display of books and videos you can just pull from. And so I had to chuckle to myself because, of course, you know, um, you know, Tom, you're, you're reading uh, Von Balthasar and, you know, and uh, real, uh, you know, deep spiritual. And, I, and I, when I thought of confession, I thought of Father Larry Richards, you know, oh, yeah. Erie Diocese, but, <laughs> oh, that's good you know, too. kind of scruffy voice, you know, hey, yeah. you know, and, and so that you, yeah. can, you can read something deeply theological or get someone like a Father Larry. And of course, I, I came across his confession audio tape. Yeah. So date date us there on audio tapes years ago, um, which, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, you don't need confession. Well, you know, you like the good shepherd. Well, imagine you're carrying, you know, the good shepherd's carrying you. You're the lamb, right? You know what sin is? Sin is when that lamb, you know, you know, urinates on the good, on the shepherd. That's what <laughs> sin's like, you know, uh, that's stuck in my head. That's oh, got to be man. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But what a what an image, you know, which, uh, yeah. so contrast that to the deep theological yeah. <laughs> but the point's the same that, you know, there's so many things after that that can help us in our faith and, and help prompt it. And that image never left me, you know, and it's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, it's kind of well, not crass, but a little down and dirty. But yeah. for me, again, I, I like the spiritual two by fours. It was like, whoa, you know, think yeah. about it. like that's yeah, there's good shepherds holding you and saving you. And what's the thanks that he gets, you know, yeah, whoa. Yeah. So and um you know, I, I tell you, on a, on a, we at one point had shared that uh, with uh, our church at the time. We had uh, uh, my wife and I had, uh, you know, the the group that had those tapes. You can uh, get a whole bunch of them for yeah. free, and we, and we gave them out, uh, you know, to people. And and the the, the pastor time commented on, you know, a little bit of uptick in confession, and 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 not only people going, but what they were confessing and the mm -hmm. meaningfulness of confession. Yeah. So I think again, that's so. There's great resources out there. So again, if you're fortunate um, to have uh, a resource uh, partnership program with us in the back of your church or through some other venues. There's mm -hmm. uh, great books and videos. The important thing, I think, for everyone is to move along in your faith. That's, I think we stressed that probably on, on a weekly basis, Tom, you know, that you're, you're never finished. You're, you're nev you've never arrived where you can now stop uh, reading and reflecting. So in addition to our, our scriptures, there's just great, great resources out there. Internet alone, you know, great mm -hmm. little resources or little daily reflections or, you know, Bishop Barron. I mean, there's so many many yeah. things oh, yeah. out there that, that we can avail ourselves of to help us give us nudges on the journey. Yeah, and um, you, you know, you mentioned the resource partnership uh, program that we have uh, in the in the back of churches with the materials. 
I believe there is, and it may not be because it rotate, they rotate in and out, but there is a Lighthouse um, CD of Father Larry Richards on confession, because I've listened to that several times. I don't remember that image, but now that you brought it up, I won't ever forget it, <laughs> because it's a, it's a pretty powerful image when you think about it. But, uh, but yeah, and he is, uh, you know, the thing I remember about him, because I, I know I never met him, but there are several guys that I've worked with through, you know, through some business that I've done that um, know him and actually know him well. He was, uh, he, you know, when he started out in his priesthood, he was a pastor and also uh, um, uh, he worked at uh, Erie Cathedral Prep, which is an all boys mm-hmm. school. Sure. And uh, so my sense is, and that's and that's what a lot of my friends have told me, is that that's where he he honed his right. you know his technique because that's the kind of stuff that you would say to a bunch of you know sophomores or juniors or seniors to make them remember you need to go to confession. You know, and there's wisdom in that too. It's not just a matter of. <clears throat> you know, whether you're reading, you know, deep philosophical or theological works. But I think, too, it's you You start out by saying, you know, there's so much that's available in our church nowadays. And that's true because that book, which, I, you know, as a as a lay person living out in the world and working, uh, that's something you would have only run across in the academic settings. And yet I heard somebody refer to it and I said, trying to understand more deeply confession, especially frequent confession and the value of it, because my instinct is not to go you know, once a week or every two weeks is go when you got something to confess. And sometimes I forget about it and then it goes a long time. And then I have something to confess because I've drawn away from it. But the regular repetitive going like every two weeks, once a month, or even every week, sometimes is the the very thing that keeps you from falling backwards. But knowing, being comfortable going in there without serious sin because that's what's in our mind. Well, that's why you go to confession because to get rid of your sins. But what if you go just to ask God's help to avoid them and improve on the imperfections, which technically aren't sins, but they're things you could do better. Things that are keeping you from growing closer to Christ, but you you should work on those too. Absolutely. You know, and maybe that that's why Father Larry's image must have stuck with me, because having taught religion and morality for many years oh, to yeah. high school that's students, right. you've got to get, right. you can't be afraid of getting, uh, you know, down and dirty in the trenches, uh, yeah. you know, with the, with the, with the teenagers. Um, but it is, it's about getting our houses in ready, my friends. It's about getting our houses ready. It's about getting our spiritual lives in order. It's about uh, that relationship um, with the Father through the Son guided by the Holy Spirit, taking concrete and deliberate steps, um, developing a, 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 a solid uh, prayer life, um, taking time or stewardship of our of our time and making sure we're investing in our our faith first and our our spouses and our family um, you know so getting our spiritual life in order and our temporal house house in order they're, they're all related and again right now in the midst of Lent it's the perfect time for reflection it's the perfect time for examination uh, of where we are uh, where we are personally where we are in our in our faith life and just uh, taking those small steps making those small adjustments that over time and up uh, becoming big changes. Um, uh, we say like a, a battleship makes a half a degree uh, adjustment, mm. and over the course of time, it moves miles uh, in, in a different direction. So make those small steps now. You're not alone in the journey. Uh, we're with you, praying for you and praying with you. Avail yourselves of this time of Lent. Avail yourselves of the resources out there. Continue to grow uh, in love of our Father and our sons so that you can build his kingdom here on earth while we seek to join him one day for all eternity in heaven. God bless, take care, and we'll see you next time. 
Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.